this is not another one of those cast pod thingies, <laughs> is it? Tajan's man, I yeah, know it. I know it. Yeah, too, I know man. it too. I really do. Oi, cheers. Cheers, mate. Beer song, we got insert chosen beer. Is that sponsor? Today they are. <laughs> they sponsor me. Cool. Take it away. The better half of Billy Slater. Practically known, would say that. Oh, Billy's your husband. I can't get it. Yeah. <laughs> and welcome to the Tajans podcast. If you're new here, hello. If you're back, have for another listen. Hello. And uh, thanks for all your, all your support. But um, today we've got Garth Edwards. Locally, I grew up with him. I only knew him as John John Edwards. We'll get into that, why it changed. But uh, he's also a rapper, a correctional mentor, TV and movie star. If you've watched the TV show Black Comedy, he was actually in that. He's, and he had a little role in a pretty big show. If you stick by and have a listen, you'll uh, get to hear. It's a pretty cool one. So, have, And he's actually going to make his own movie. So we spoke about that as well. So, But before you can do all that, check out on YouTube, Back Reef Sessions. That's my little side side uh, vlog or whatever you would say, a little series I put on um, YouTube. So go and check it out. Give it a subscribe. And um, let's take it away. John John or Garth Edwards. Boom. Let's go, brother. Yeah, he used to work for... He does music and he's in the art scene up in Cairns. Yep. Guy from Torres Straits. Hi. He does hosting and he used to uh, host a show on NITV, a music, a music program. There you go, everybody. Let's yeah. do a podcast called Mao Power. We're on, John John. <laughs> Didn't even fuck tell you. We just, just press, press record and we're on. There you go. A bit of a plug, bit of a plug there. <laughs> so there we go. We've got John John Edwards. Yes. Um, it's just funny. I've just always known you as John John. As, do people just call you John? <laughs> yeah. Like people in the, you know, in your circle, I don't like your close circle of people you know and people I grew up with and family know me as John. But in the professional, like in my acting acting world, I'm Garth Edwards. Yep. So that's uh, that's pretty that's stuck more in the later years. But yeah, yep. yeah. If you if you know me and we're cool, it's yeah, it's John. It's oh, John cool. John. So Garth Edwards, everybody. <laughs> Garth Edwards. <laughs> well, Russ, the um, a funny thing. I, I, I can touch on that a bit later when we get into the acting side of things. But I can, or I could just touch on it now. That's that's just as, <laughs> just as good. Um, yeah. So when I. When I signed up with my agent, and John Edwards is pretty common. So, yeah, he's a yeah. bloody um, what do you call them overseas yeah. that follow, tells everyone their, their <laughs> mum sitting beside him at the moment and says, um, go and feed the cat for another hour. <laughs> you you got a psychic, you got a uh, presidential candidate, yep. I think he's a senator, John Edwards, uh, heaps of other ones, but in, in the uh, film and television world, there's producers directors and actors named john edwards so my agent's just like oh you're gonna get kind of lost in the thing i said oh well my first name's garth and he's like perfect so there's only two garth edwards on the internet movie database so my hit rate's a bit better when someone's (laughs) someone's looking to give me a job it's like yeah garth edwards is easy to find so and a lot of people locally wouldn't even know you as garth (laughs) that's 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 it bro i worked i worked with people in different fields in my life and after a while like Something would happen, I'd have to pull my license out, and they're like, who's Garth? <laughs> Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. The thunder rolls. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Right, yeah. so we'll, we'll take it back a bit. So I know you pretty much since 1991, I figured out today. So that's 31 years. Wow. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> high school. First 30, grade 30 eight high school. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Was I was it? I was thinking of I was thinking of um all the stuff where I used to sit in class, used to, or you, you're pretty quiet dude at school really you didn't have uh, went outgoing and weren't fucking a smart ass or loud mouth or anything you just did your thing <laughs> yeah and um and and i just remember you when you used to hold your pencil you used to hold it all like you used to draw yeah. with your f- finger on the end of it do you still this, do it to this day still the same yeah still the same style so <laughs> um I've, I've actually started a digital media course yep um with cqu and uh there's an illustration course anyway Someone said that it looked like I was holding a tattoo gun. Yeah. So I don't know if there's a certain style to holding a tattoo gun, but that's that was a first to yep, hear that. So but yeah, still you the have same. To start doing some tats. <laughs> oh, bro. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've seen some of those, um, you know, those horror tats. Yeah. You know, when people get those tats. And <laughs> the bad ones. Oh, man. The wake up um, hungover and have a look at my arm tats. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I'd be, I'd be too, I'd be too worried that I'd, I'd, I'd mess it up. I don't know if I can swear on you, but no, yeah. you can swear, man. Oh yeah, I don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's we don't use that word. No, <laughs> you're off, you're off, <laughs> you're off the podcast. Nah, you can yeah. use whatever word you want, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's all I remember. Is you used to, and you used to just pretty much draw all the time, and pretty much have uh, basketball in your hands and. And uh, all basketball cards, trading them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it, man. Basketball cards was big, and yeah, just and I think a lot of the like with Ray and uh, you know and everyone else that I used to hang out with, you know, big on basketball. So it it kind of just you know you follow trends. Mm. I guess that would be the way to say it now, but you just follow the group and you just want to fit in. So you remember, I, I was thinking back, we had a basketball court. Everyone loved basketball. We didn't have a basketball team, high school basketball team. Yeah, I don't think there was like a... A teacher that could teach it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there was, yeah. We had, there was rep, there was rep games. Yeah. It wasn't like these days where schools... Yeah, play against each other play. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. My, my nephew is down at Canberra. He's on a scholarship. Yeah. He, he loves basketball, like, big time. And in his school, I think there's 2,000 kids and they have, like, 24 teams or something bloody hell something like the, some private school i don't know the name of it but i was just like blown away because then i'm like thinking about myself like <laughs> we've never even had a teacher like teach us <laughs> we, <laughs> we just had like 100 people on them courts just yeah at lunch time yeah just run up and down that court following that one ball there's like 50 people each side just being larsons oh you were just lucky if you caught the ball <laughs> It was like, oh, I've got the ball. It was right. like, so like you get tingles through your arms. Fuck, I've got the ball. What do I do with it? What do I do with it? <laughs> Brother, true, honest, it was like a sea of people. It's just <laughs> insanity that thinking back playing basketball at lunchtime back then. It's just nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's pretty much uh, most of the, the, the memories I have of, of the old high school days. And um, half the high school's not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's half half of it's gone. Cyclone um, took it. <laughs> Cyclone took it, and I think they said there's, I don't know, structural issues. Maybe. Yeah, I think it might be a bit of asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> they can say structural issues all they want, but the thing is with asbestos stuff is, it's only bad once you rupture it. Mm. The whole time we were there, we wouldn't have had any problem. But as soon as you go to rip it up, that's when you get all the spores, all the little things yeah. floating in the air. That's why 
half that school or whoever bought us like i've bought a fucking headache (laughs) (laughs) to get rid of it i've I've actually been talking to him about um having a film base for my film like because you need a you need a place where the film crew can be and you know actors meet or you'd go on dailies or doing that kind of stuff and i think there was a film shot here celeste I don't know if you've heard of it. No, I haven't. If, if you go into the Shire Hall, into the main foyer, there's a poster up, and it's got uh, Radha Mitra. M- Mitchell? Radha Mitchell? I don't know if you remember her. She no. was in, um, ah, if I check her out on the Google, she's done a fair bit of work, but I've, I'd heard about this film being shot here, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I thought it was like a little low-budget thing, but then I seen who they had, and I was like, oh, there's a bit of... There's a bit of of kick in that. So, yeah, they they use that as a base. Yeah. Just checking out. Was it Radham? What's her name? Uh, What's her name? I'm sure this is the film. Radham Mitchell. Yep. Yeah, so this is the film Celeste. Oh, yeah. That they shot. There's a poster up in the foyer. Looks like, is that Paranola Park? Yeah, well, I think they did some there, and out at the South Johnson, there's some pub scenes they shot there. Yep, uh, which is a real film-friendly place. I think. Oh, you, you drive through there, it just looks like a movie set, doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> you got I'll the train you. line, tram line down the middle, and then you got pubs and newsagent and stuff like that east side of the road, and oh. it's just like, like you're waiting for a horse and cart to come down the fucking road. <laughs> it is, <laughs> it is amazing, and how the uh, train r- line runs straight through it. Mm. I, I, I just get like yeah, oh, hell. C- cinematography it's just going to be amazing I'm, I'm going to shoot the first 10 minutes of my film there yeah yeah well we'll get in that later um, also there was another movie years ago called All Men Are Liars yep and that was shot there I remember that Tony one Tony Perrin yeah yeah and um remember that yeah everyone went out there just to perv on Tony Perrin <laughs> Or catch a glimpse, eh? Catch a glimpse. Yeah. We were out there one night for there was some scene where they rocked out on stage and we all had to be in the crowd and she walks up and slaps, slaps, because there was a bloke that was dressed up as a seal or not or some shit. (laughs) I've got to revisit that film. Yeah. I I do think I went and watched it at the cinemas because it was such a... Yeah, it was a big deal. Big deal. Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so that's the, the movie sort of section of, of Inner's Vegas. But before we go and do all your movie <laughs> stuff, I want to talk about um, then you. We, we, I like to work in yes, progression. Yes, so yes, yes. Then you were like a rapper. You were J Point. Yes. Boy. J P O I N T. Yep. The Superfly Aboriginal Dope MC. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> uh, we've done a few gigs together. In yeah, the, in jam the past. at the jar, brother. Like, yeah. I'm sure other people brought this up, and I won't touch on it too long. But is any plans of it coming back? Uh well, not. I'm. I'm not planning. But if enough people get around it, and um, yeah, we can always look into it. I think we're just going to have to get funding to do because it. All those were just pretty much out of my pocket and yeah. uh, my mate Anthony Ginocchio's pocket. We funded them and um, we did well out of some and then they paid for the next year. So every time, every cent we made, we just put it into the next year and just kept rolling it over and got bigger and bigger bands and stuff like that. And then it's sort of just people just didn't realise how much all this costs. Yeah. And like people w- wouldn't pay the 20, like $25 at the gate 
you go see any band anywhere in Australia, they're $45 to $100 oh, yeah. at the gate. And I'm putting on a show, not just one band, I'm putting on like 10 bands <laughs> for $25. And, and people were like, oh, I don't know, it's a bit expensive. It's like, okay, well, I can't do this for you anymore. Yeah. So I think if we ever do it again, we're going to have to get funding to do it because yep. I'm not forking out my hard-earned money um, for that sort of thing to happen again, so... Yep. Not all down in the dumps, but let's go back to yeah. J-Point. <laughs> That's all good. Well, I, I definitely, I had the honour of performing there and it was definitely a highlight for me. Yeah. Getting to work with, like, work with you and I thought it was amazing. Um, but yeah, me, Johnny Rowe and a couple big of follow. others. Yeah, big Johnny <laughs> and we put the music together uh, not too long after high school. Uh, loved hip-hop all the way through high school. The 90s were very influential. A lot of great MCs came out at that time. You had great, and they're, and they're still known now. That's yeah, the thing. Absolutely. <laughs> they don't, haven't dropped away. <laughs> they haven't. Like Nas, I just watched a video with Method Man, a song that he bought out the other day, and he just crushed it. Like he's, he's phenomenal. There's just guys who are just, yeah, just too good. Mm. Uh, but that, that boom bap style, that 90s style, really stuck with us. And and we wanted to tell our stories, so yep. me and Johnny at first had a group called Sugar Heights, which was based on, you know, up here in the North cane. Queensland, <laughs> yeah, in the Sugar Cane, and Sugar Heights, which is still a cool name, I think. Um, then we moved on to create a group with the Soldiers Hills Boys and created uh, the North Ward. Yep. Yeah, so... That's Sugar Townsville... Yeah, crew? yeah, that's the Townsville crew. So we were down there for a long time. I was there for a few years. Uh, I was working at a detention centre, creating music with... What did you do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I wasn't the one locked up. I was walking out every day. Um, yeah, no, but it was it was mad because Johnny was actually working there before I was working there. Yeah. And he, he said, look, Russ, I'm going to go to the mines. But there's this job I've got, working with kids, just making music, pretty much the same thing we were doing. Yeah. So it was like, well, we loved creating music and making albums and, you know, putting out content. But this job was basically the same thing. But I got to work with kids and, you know, change lives. Yeah. Which was amazing. So uh, at the same time, while I was still performing in the clubs and, you know, working on music, I was working at the detention centre yep. for about seven, eight years. It was it was awesome. Well, I was pretty much in high school in the detention centre. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But it must be pretty re rewarding. Uh, like, did, did you see any big changes in the kids when you were doing that sort of thing? <sighs> yeah. There were kids I made, like, there was really positive impacts, uh, but a lot of... The setup for kids transitioning from inside a detention center to outside, I don't know about now because I haven't worked there for like for a good while, but there was a disconnect. Mm. And so the kids would leave the detention center. Go back there, to what they used to do. Yeah, there was no real, there wasn't a strong pathway. There mm. wasn't a good middle ground. So they'd yeah. go out to these places. And then on top of that, these places like Cleveland couldn't work with a caseworker outside. It's like yeah. once the kid leaves, 
have See nothing ya. to do with him. Mm. Even though, like, I spent seven, eight years there, and those kids who come in when they're 13, and they'd be there till they're 17. Yeah. And then, you know, they can't, they have to go into the big house, or they've changed and yep. reformed. So there's kids that I absolutely just, you know, just loved. Yeah. Like, just because you have these mad connections, it'd be like a big brother, mm. little brother thing. And, um, yeah, just heartbreaking, man. And then by the end of it, I decided to walk away from that world. Yep. Uh, just because of I seen things failing. Yep. And I just thought, nah, I don't want to be a part of this. This is just shit. Like, the, the funny thing is I've got a lot of friends that have been in the same position with you and they the same reasons they've left. Yep. And it's... And it's, I don't know, it must be bureaucracy that's holding it all back or just they just don't listen to reason or change. It's just the, they've got this way and that, that's the way they do it sort of thing. They don't want to change Yeah, the, I, um, the, the way they run those institutions. I'd, I'd say that's it because the amount of noise people from both sides who mm. are screaming at them saying, look, all you got to do is do this or maybe do that or things will change and... Yeah, deaf ears, brother. Yeah, deaf ears. You know, yeah, and it's silent uh, cries and deaf ears. Like nothing's. Uh, but in saying that, I don't know about now. And I, I'm always in. Like I'm always welcome to go back there. And uh, like after I left, I'd go back and do performances and uh, do a bit of motivational speaking and and just talk about my life and what I've mm. gone through and just to help help. You know, anything I can do to to change that course because unfortunately like youth that i know from then the way their lives have turned out now you know not good and some of them aren't even alive anymore which is and that's testament to that bridge yeah they need to fix that because if they don't have a strong support structure coming out of there it's it's near impossible for yeah like i've always tried to i've I've never been, like, you, you'd have way more idea than me, but I always thought when you come out of an institution like that, you you can't be put back into the situation you came from. You have to go and they should have a farm or something like that where they get the kids out and teach them their real worth mm-hmm. and what they can, like, get into it. And even that, even people out of jail, they don't just leave, when they leave jail, they should go and like reform themselves and get back to in, to society without being fully immersed in society straight away back into the same problems and issues they left yeah and i think that's probably that's that's the bridge and i don't know how how it's how it could be done or anything but that's just the way i see things that you, you can't just fully just go from one to the other because it's, it's two different worlds no i i understand totally like when you'd have young young boys come in and they just want to escape their environment where they were mm. because they'd come in they'd have structure they'd have meals they'd have uh training they'd have a there's a football team that yep schools from outside would come Complagans, in and play yeah so they had structure and they had discipline and they had you know things to look forward to goals they they had all this and then they'd go back to wherever they were and they'd have none of that mm. you know and yeah but that in saying that i also believe that that falls back on, you know, families need to yeah. stand up and have a look and go, I've got to break this cycle. Mm. You know, that that's a part of it too. So 
Yeah, but it, that in, in saying that, you know, you you fix the connect, you fix the the bridge out, the pathway, and then you have the people inside talking with the caseworker outside and going, look, this is what I see. Do you think you can make this change? If not, what about this? Or mm. you know, like, but a really positive, constructive way of, yeah. of figuring out a solution. So I, I think the caseworker's got to have a look at where they're heading to, and if it's not good. They have to have a look at some other option. Mm-hmm. Like everyone wants to go back and see their family. Family's everything, but if like I've always been told, hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. So yep. And if that's the way you've been brought up, and that it's just going to get passed on. So that has to that gap has to get bro- broken and mm-hmm. separated. And education's the only way, but it's so hard. When when they're not educated or they're just not yeah reaching the right right um, values in their systems. Yep, no, so. I believe that. I hundred percent agree. Mm. I so. agree. So if you're listening out there, <laughs> be good to your kids. That's <laughs> 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 Just up me kid. He's just um. <laughs> He just ate one more uh, Oreo biscuit than he should have, so I just kicked his ass. (laughs) Discipline. (laughs) No, mate, you've had your beer for the afternoon. (laughs) All right, no more beers. Oh, man. (laughs) No, so... Love it. It's it's good to get immersed in that because people don't... Yeah. Like, I've got a friend that's doing doing all this right now and, and... the thing I said to him, it's going to start weighing on you. Mm-hmm. It's going to come back to, like, you're going to start bringing the problems home mentally and then you won't be able to release them. And he's like, no, nah, bro, I'm right. I'm like, yeah, they... I said, that's why pe- that people only last on these jobs one or two years. Yeah. Because it's... They get paid good money, but at the end of the day, it's 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 weighing on your soul. And if you can't change... Like I said, if you can't change stuff and you see the same shit happening and... Yep. And then you just become a slave to the bullshit. And then you really just lost your self-value because you've just, you're going against what you actually think should be right. But because all that crap's just gone down, it's yeah. game over. It's not stacking shelves. It's, no. Um, it's stacking emotional weight mm. every day and then taking it home. And even though you, you do your best to unload or leave it there, it's, yeah, it's, you know, and some of the... You delve into the personal lives of these children and what they've been through and you build a trust and then they share it with you, Mm. you know, and it's horror stories, man. A lot of these kids, horror stories. So, but, you know, I think the frustration for me lied with the, yeah, when they were coming close to leaving or when they left and just that disconnect and if they could fix that, they wouldn't have been just as... Oh, yeah. It's yeah, like it's they they should be allowed to come back and just hang out. Yeah. If they want to. I think I think they did start doing um there was one or two kids who made big life changes and just did a 180 and they'd get them back to come in. Yeah. Yeah, but a lot of the other ones like from from the ones I knew maybe 10 15% come good. The rest Yep. Yeah. So, and that's a that's a low number. Yeah. That's when these facilities are built to stop this and make it better. 
That's mm-hmm. that's at the end of the day, that's what it is. Not punish. That's fucking. It's, it should be built to stop what's happening and make it better. Not punish, 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 and then go out and be a good person now. Yeah. So yeah, it's just you can't do that. Jails um no jail or or detention center should be like that. Well, a, a child, you know, growing into. Like a boy growing to man. Like his brain is not even... No, all over the shop. Yeah. So you've got time to rewire or redirect or whatever the term... I don't know the terms. I'm not a psychologist or whatever. But simple things, you know, from little things, big things grow. So, yep. you know, them them kids, I'd see them as men, you know, later in life. And they'd be like, hey, sir, you know, like... And have, yeah. still have that connection and they're happy. And it's like, all I all I did was show them respect mm. you know show them you know kindness consideration be a be an ear for them someone to lean on just things that i don't want to say we take for granted but things that we normally have in our lives yeah they yeah. just don't have them yeah the thing is people don't realize that how much you confide in people each day mm-hmm like I confide in people every day, and I don't realize that I do it half the time. But you're just letting your emotions go, and then and passing them on to someone, telling them a story about what happened today at work or something. Yep. But you didn't realize that you're confiding in someone and telling them your story. There's no one there to listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, that because I think yeah, we don't we don't have guards up. We're just it's it's, yeah, just, it it's so out. natural for us. But them them boys would be shielded 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 and after a day or two spend time because i was like pretty cool dude weren't like nah because i'm making rap songs and they're like <laughs> you know me and johnny were like pretty cool we make rap music and you know they they just bonded with yeah. us straight away and um it was easy to get their guards down but um like just just for i'll tell you like a positive story um the caseworkers would started coming up to me and they're like oh how did you get him to tell his story? And I was like, oh, you know, I, and I, at first it didn't click. And what was happening was they'd come in and they'd put all their, everything that was happening, they'd put on their rhymes and then we'd just record it. Yeah. But I didn't have to coax it out of them. They'd yeah, just come in and they're like, oh, it. yes, sir, I've got this song I want to put down. Oh, go on then, let's do it. You know, and they'd put it down. And, um, yeah, the caseworkers would come up to me and they were just like so happy because it's hard for them to, to begin a process, a healing process, they needed them to be able to tell their story, good or bad, but yeah. have it, you know, yeah. and that's a starting point. And, yeah, so they were just stoked. So that was, instead of me just coming and just doing recording, mm. this was actually healing yeah. for them. So that was amazing. A- another, you know, just to put on to that, uh, when Exhibit came to town and... So we got to be on the bill. We um, yep. we opened for X, which was mad. Um, but anyway, X calls through and he wanted to come in and see the children. Apparently he does it every city he goes. Yep. He makes time to go see detention centre kids because he was in a detention centre. Because he wants to pimp their rides. <laughs> <laughs> pimp their jails. Pimp their jails out. Well, it, yeah, it was, it was way better after he came in. Nah. Um, yeah, he, he came in and we had four four house groups so it's like you know like in school you got four house groups yeah um yeah and they each each boy we nominated the best one from each who deserved it the most and they got up and performed for x 
and then X and his crew got to listen to the boys rhyme, and it was such well, a how good would that be? Such for a great moment. Yeah, <laughs> it would. It was the room be like maybe twice the size of this one for the listeners out there. I don't know the Probably dimensions. About, yeah, ten by ten. Ten by ten by ten room. So it's a real intimate kind of setting. X is sitting at the front. The boys rapping like a meter or two away from him, and they got through their lyrics. Yep. Like, because that would be just... Oh, how nervous would that be? Oh, man. <laughs> I was so proud of them, eh? Cause yep. it, and you could just see some... One or two of them was, like, you know, just so overcome, you know, that after their performance, just the joy had just made them, like... Brought the tears. Yeah. Hey. It was just so... Such an experience that they'll... Mm. They'll never forget that. Yeah, never, ever. So that... that Even now, talking about it gives yeah, me chills. Yeah, goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. so seeing what they went through like and to be able to do that perform for x and his whole entourage of other rappers it was just it was just amazing but yeah fond memories so it wasn't all bad but yeah some good (laughs) stuff in there (laughs) yeah Yeah. all right so we'll get we'll get out of that even though i could talk about that stuff all day (laughs) yes yeah Yeah. and in, in saying that uh we'll go down to um uh what was next your acting Okay. All right. Um, so, so you went from beatbox boy. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there's a little bit of a disconnect, and it, it all makes sense. So, I was in Townsville. We we're making music. So we're a few albums deep. Uh, Johnny Rose got a solo album. I've got two solo albums. Uh, I've got an e- uh, a small little EP, a mixtape as well. Um, Johnny Take them on uh, Spotify. Yeah, yeah. We can get all your good music. Sanity stores. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on Spotify and I've um, got a YouTube channel, um, J Point. Look it up when you've got time. J P I N T. Uh, but yeah, so we're making music, uh, do stuff with the North Ward. That's all around the same time working at Cleveland. But then I got a job opportunity to go to Coranda. So I went to a halfway house. Uh, the Liberals made a promise about decreasing crime. And so I went to this place. They weren't ready. They, yeah. You know, liberals had just got in. I thought you meant Coranda wasn't ready or <laughs> the Coranda wasn't ready for you? <laughs> well, they, they, <laughs> they, they weren't ready. We, we rock up. Like, I got the job and a transition from Cleveland to this other job. And you were seeing on the news that three months after it opened, this boy pulls a knife on one of the workers and they have a manhunt and they just shut it down. Yeah. So I was working for them. But they absolutely weren't ready. But it was because, you know, the promise was made. They had to come good on the promise. Most politicians fuck up. They just want to get themselves, make them look awesome. And oh, like brother. They just, it just went to the lowest bidder. Yeah. Whoever, whichever department had the lowest bid. <laughs> we got some. You got the deal. We got some barbed wire and uh, caravan. <laughs> Russ, <laughs> Let's it, go. <laughs> it honestly felt like, because coming from Cleveland too, and it was like, so they said, oh, these kids are not... Um, they're not detention kids. They're uh, kind of like red flag kind of kids. So yeah. So on the edge. They're going to be going to... They haven't gone there yet. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, because this place is like... This is nothing like a detention... But it's not meant to be. It's yeah. a halfway house. Uh, but still, there was things about the house that it just wasn't ready. Like, it just wasn't ready. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay. And then I said, well, as long as we don't get any, you know detention center kids because they'll see exactly what this is yeah it's an open door mm. it's a chance to run <laughs> and it's like oh yeah cool we get two kids and they're like just they haven't been to a center 
third kid we get. He's been there. Yeah. I'd known him from Cleveland. I was just like, oh, this is going to – it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Didn't take too much longer after that. Pulls a knife, runs away. Um, Police get called in. They get him, shut the whole thing down. I'm out of work. Yeah. Even though I was trying to tell him, look, we could have – you know, yeah. we just, we, it, that's neither here or there now. It's, it's what's done is done. Anyway, I'm out of work. I come back to Innisfail and I'm just like, fuck, what am I going to do, man? Like, I need to generate some coin, um, you know, and I kind of, I'm just looking at options. I don't have many. And another brother there, Shane, says, look, um, I'm at Rio Tinto. We've got a program. You know, you can come work on the rail. And it was like, okay. And it was still pretty, like, because I'm a North Queensland kid, everyone I love's here. Innisfail, I love everyone here. Townsville, like this area. Yep. This is where the cowboys represent. <laughs> Go the cows. <laughs> um, you know, this is my home. And I said to myself, let's do it. You know, I'm, I was late 20s, early 30s. I thought, fuck it, I'll just go because it, maybe it's time just to find out really what the world's about. Yep. And I went over to Rio Tinto and I uh, worked the rail for two years. I worked with Rio. I was a car examiner. Um, Whereabouts that situated? Caratha. Caratha. Oh. Yeah. So that's, Noel was working in the port up there. Yeah, so he was hey. like an hour and a half or like yep. in a Port Hadland. I only went mm. there once. And I was like, I, I messaged him a few times. I was like, oh, we should connect. But, yeah, I ended up leaving. Two years goes that quick, especially on the mines because you get paid once a month. Mm. And when you get that money, it's like, oh, I'm fucking rich. Game on. <laughs> but it's like, no, you've got to budget that. <laughs> <laughs> Teaches you to budget. <laughs> <laughs> but in saying that, if I would have stayed, because it goes car examiner, then uh, train yard driver, and then open train yeah so it, it you work your way up to big big huge money mm. um but it was just it's freaky I, when i landed in caratha i told myself i said the only way i'm going back home is if i walk back like i didn't want to crawl back i didn't want to just do a month and be like yeah oh, it's too like, hard oh, and yeah. then go back it had to be like if i go back home on your own terms yeah i have to go back walk back like as a man so anyway i i get off the plane i say that to myself and about midway through a year year later even less uh this woman named tegan has a drama class a drama school yep and i just kind of bump into it because when i first got to karatha i had to go to a job network and you do odd jobs you get paid big money to go clean up like it's basically like uh like a shutdown yeah you know like that kind of stuff and they just need laborers there's heaps of that so i'd just do that until i was fully in rio anyway she was working at the at some place a job network and she said oh she saw my resume i had rapper on (laughs) on the resume i had rapper oh anyway she's seen it she was like oh could you come teach some kids at my school make some extra coin or you know we work it out whatever so yeah yeah that sounds cool and um go there and end up they didn't get the kids something happened and they shut down the class which said look do you want to just come do acting classes and i'd always loved acting i you know i love films i love i love it all so i said yeah let's do it so i do acting on the side just this class 
there was plays and stuff, and we actually did a little horror film. Uh, if you look on YouTube, uh, it's called Nearly There. Uh, it's like a 20-minute short horror film. Yep. Yeah, so we made this horror film. And In a car. We there yet? <laughs> nearly there. <laughs> there's a there's a little there's a little line in there nearly there you got you got to see it brother you got to see it you got to see it it's it's good value like I, I do still love it it's a funny little film I want I want to know when you do what do you do in an acting class what do you well do you study stuff or does she teach you intonation or how yeah well there's different things you can play uh, like uh, improv games mm. um they once I've moved on to whopper that's when i started that's when i fully went into acting classes and that's like you do we had a movement class so that'd be mixed with yoga you'd have um dialect you'd have uh uh what do you call it accent class uh yeah improv that and there's all different masters of, of acting yep meisner uh, there's another one. So my first teacher taught me one way and then one taught me the other way. But with acting, it comes down to just whatever the circumstances are, just play them as real as you would. Yeah. Well, I find that works for me. And as long as you can read the text and go, because when you, uh, they also teach you to beat out, they, you beat out words. So you'll read, you'll read dialogue mm. and then you'll go, Okay, he seems angry here, so I'll circle this or whatever, and this angry emotion here, and uh, something else will happen. Oh, there might be a kiss here, or this yep. seems. You just got to kind of look at the words and figure out what's there. Then when you act it out, you just hit those beats. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're if you know your beats with certain words and what kind of emotion is going for it, that 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 time with that word yeah that's all you hit and that's why they call it a beat oh, but yeah. um yeah the the drama class i did in karatha wasn't as full on wasn't yeah. as full on because i'd kind of my shift would be four days on four days off so the other thing was i couldn't leave karatha yeah because if you just flew down to perth you know and spent two days you still got to come back and <laughs> it's just not worth just the it travel travel times two days yeah and if i wanted to take holidays i'd have to take maybe two or three blocks of fours so i'm like i'm not working that block that block that that block so that would equate to the four in front of it would be off so then the four that would be 12 or 16 days yeah so and coming back home from karatha you got to fly down in a small plane down to perth then across to brisbane or wherever and then back up so it'd be Mm. like a day of just travel fucking hated it man (laughs) hated it Absolutely hated it. FIFO. Yeah. FIFO lifestyle. All <laughs> these people that listen on FIFO feel sorry for you. So. Oh. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for all your work. <laughs> um. Thank you for giving China all, all, all your money and all our money and all our resources. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. It's just insanity, man. That's a whole different thing. Mining, it's just... <laughs> Fuck. It's insane. Anyway, um... So, with the beat, my hardest part is how do you, how do you fucking remember the lines? Oh, it's just it's it's repetition. Yeah, it's repetition. Like when wiggles, I, <laughs> cool spaghetti, cool spaghetti. That's that's exactly <laughs> what it is, brother. I'm telling you, there'd be and because I do auditions now. I'll, I'll I'll get to that. I'll I'll go back real quick. Um, so when I was in Karatha, we did this small horror horror thing, and then Tegan who was nearly there, nearly there. So if you're on YouTube, get on get on it. Nearly there, 
And uh, not long after that, Tegan, our drama teacher, she said, oh, they're looking for extras for Red Dog, Red Dog 2. Yep. So I said, yeah, I'm keen for that. Yeah, let's do it. And then while I was an extra, I did one day of Red Dog. I'm in a scene. It's like a panning shot on the DVD. Um, you got to pause it and you'll see me listening to this old bloke tell these yarns. And he was fucking so good. He was in a cutty scene. I thought it was just... Hey. That film's a mess. The second one's a mess. The first one's classic. Anyway um yeah so i meet a guy named callan who was an actor on there and he told me about whopper and he, he told me about Ab, aboriginal performance ab theater it was called and i pretty much that stuck with me and i started the process to apply for whopper um it was just like because being on a set is just pure magic and yeah. i was like man i need more of this in my life like i, I have to do this like, I love this. I want to make films. I want to act. I want to do it all. So, you know, not be scared anymore, but just go, fuck, getting too old. That was the other thing. On the mind side, I'd get there at three in the morning, and you still need an hour to set up, like, to trend, swap over yep. ships. So I'd go sit down, because I'd watch the trains come in. That was just, that's a job, mm. like, to watch for faults. Anyway, I'm just sitting there, and every morning, I just feel like my soul's just fucking deteriorating with each cart oh man it just felt like i was like dying and wasting away because the money because you get paid monthly mm. and you got to budget it it just feels like life goes that quick yeah and because it's you're basically yeah, you're a, working in monthly increments instead of weekly yeah increments you're just getting that one pay and there's like only a few jobs that a car examiner would do so it's like factory work it's but also i was thinking you have no goals your one goal is to get to the end of that month yeah most people get to the end of the week or or fortnightly most most people go to the end of the week and then that's their goal my goal is to get to the end of the week so i can enjoy the weekend mm -hmm. but even that sometimes i come home and think hey i've got like an hour or so here where i could do something fun too before the sun goes down so yeah you've got to think outside of not just forcing yourself to wait for the weekend you're like Shit, I could go put me tinny in for an hour and go up the river and try to catch a bear or something. Yeah, like, yeah. there's little things like that can can make your whole week a whole lot better. Absolutely. Yeah, just by dropping in there. Because when you're grinding away to, on, especially on something you don't love and you just, and it becomes your world and it's your life, and you moments like that where you can get an hour mm. just of you time and just do something you absolutely love, oh, yeah. It just changes everything. And it just changes everything. It gets harder as you have family and kids and stuff and and you get caught up in sporting, like sporting things. Your kids do different sports and they drain a lot of time. So you, you actually have to find, have a look at your your, your week and find that you time and, and set it aside, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. But then, but I think another thing too with age, you really know how valuable Mm. time is like when we were kids back in high school you know bulletproof or you just don't give a fuck or yeah. you know you just or even in your 20s you're the same but once you have that epiphany or whatever it is or something that goes hey look this is important then you go oh yeah yeah let's do it um that that changes your whole Monot monotony your whole speeds up time mm so if you think of that, yep. if you do the same thing every day, you got to have no memories. And guess what? Before you know it, that one memory that you've had for 10 years is gone and 
You've done nothing. Well, brother. And your whole memory's gone of that last 10 years. Well, what happened was, so I, I'm get, getting to work, I'm having this thought, and it's starting to just really chip away at me, and I go, fuck this. So I apply for WAPA. Process is going ahead. Anyway, I'm coming close to the end of my contract, and I say to them, look, thank you, because they're like, oh, we'll add an extra four grand or whatever it was on top of the eight or ten, whatever it was. And I go, I can't take it. I'm going to WAPA to be an actor. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you sure? You sure you want to do that? <laughs> like, with, you're a good worker, you know, we, we, we love you. We're going to bump up your – you're going to move up in the money scale. You get to look at two carts instead of one this year. <laughs> this year. <laughs> but, but that, you know, that, they were talking, like, they were looking at me like I was crazy. And I, I was like, no, nah, I'm going. And then we had two more meetings because they wanted to make sure. Yeah. And I said, now nah, look, because I never heard back yet from Whopper. Yeah. I didn't get in yet. <laughs> but I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm knowing my heart of hearts. I'm going to Whopper. Anyway, um, it comes close to the thing. And a lot of train drivers, actually, a lot of people come up to me and said, um, man like big love i couldn't do that i wanted to do that mm. i fucking hate this job but it pays me a lot of money and i can yeah. live and i've got a lifestyle now and i have to just yeah because that's the other thing they they buy their lifestyle and they're stuck in it buy over like buy a big flash house boat car yeah, live with live out of their means and then of. and then they've got to live that lifestyle until that's paid off brother the suicides in my short time there, the amount mm. of suicide is insane. But there's docos on that, but it is just insane. Yeah. That's that's a whole nother thing. Um, it's it's no good, eh? Mm. they got to work on that. But, yeah, a lot of people were supporting it. I was on my way home Christmas, got the call from Whopper. They said, you're in. Did two years at Whopper. Uh, did one year at App Theatre, then I did one year of screen acting. Went over to Sydney. And uh, got an agent. A few different agencies were interested, but uh, landed with the one I'm currently with now and stayed in Sydney for about two years. COVID hit, come back home and watch the cows and the Broncos. <laughs> uh, couldn't go back because everything was shut down, but that's all good. I readjusted. And um, within the time here, that first year for everyone, COVID was pretty much slow as. We didn't know hey. what was going on. Uh, invested my acting money that I'd made from adverts and a couple of shows that i've been on uh put into a production company and so i started that and still acting yep. which i absolutely love i'm writing a script feature film that i want to shoot here in innisfail working on getting money together to shoot it uh it's it's a process but we're gonna get there yeah a feature film brother yeah you haven't you can't let out the bag what the film's about um you know, I can, I can tell, I can tell you a little bit. It's two brothers, two indigenous boys, set in the seventies, just on the back of the Vietnam. Well, I can't be one. <laughs> I was going to be the main actor, <laughs> brother. We're going to get, we'll get you in there. Don't worry about that. I'm going to say, here, look, look, pause it, pause it. There's my leg. <laughs> Russ, funny story. Funny story. Um, there's a show out now called uh, Joe vs. Carol. Oh yeah, yeah. On, on Stan. Yeah. So I'm in episode eight. Yep. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm the bailiff. You Carol Baskin? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the bailiff, and you see me, she walks in, and you'll see me standing there, and then someone reads her the Miranda rights, I think it's called. Uh, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, that whole thing? Yeah, nothing but the truth. Yeah, so that's me. 
that's my voice on the episode. Yeah. And in American accent. In American accent. <laughs> in American accent. You but you said <laughs> whole truth but really but but the truth, bruss. <laughs> Sister girl. <laughs> hey sis, you right? <laughs> you right with your right? True God. <laughs> Well, well, they had to. They got a coach in for me. Eh? Like I did the audition, so I just did the lines. Um, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God. She's like, I do, and that's it. Um, and you married her. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, I did this audition. They're like, oh, we just need to have the person look with, work with you, and it's um, uh, the it's the swear, because when we say swear, yeah, we're like swear. But the Americans swear. are like, swear. <laughs> yeah, so that was the only thing I got pulled up on. So uh, I get in in the morning, I look at the call sheet, because you get a call sheet and it tells you the scenes that are getting shot that day. And I look for the actor name and sure as the rain falls in Innisfail, it's like <laughs> Garth Edwards and... Um, swear. <laughs> Garth, Garth Edwards and um, what's her name? Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. <laughs> Uh, but I can't remember her name eludes me oh shit um, yeah but she's from Ghostbusters and Saturday Night Live and stuff so yeah. so that's pretty oh dope. that's a big the big chick no no she's she's a short blonde oh the blonde one yeah, yeah um, fuck I can't remember her name but anyway <laughs> uh, but that was pretty daunting because it's uh, that's a, a shared stage with some big Aussie names now so far in my career, which has been cool and got to meet some really cool people. Uh, she was a big American name, but it didn't, I'm not a big, like was, she was great to work with yep. and she was super friendly. Um, she made it really easy for me. So, you know, coming in at six, five in the morning or whatever. And I'm in the first scene doing American dialogue with this American actress. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. Okay. She just sat down in the car with her on the way there and you would have picked up her accent. <laughs> but all, all I could think about was that, swear <laughs> honest to god honest to god because it's like you know that's what the voice coach just yeah. and, and she the voice coach is super cool she's like you're pretty much there you just got to shorten up the <laughs> so you're probably no, you're probably opposite of everything you did <laughs> hey you mob you <laughs> you then you like swear <laughs> you got the swear right <laughs> oh that's just ingrained now when i Every time I say swear, I say swear. <laughs> no. Russ, I'm telling you, no. Stop no, swearing. No word of a lie. That, that shit was just on my brain. And it's sometimes funny things just happen like that because it was just, I think what had happened was I, because it was a big moment for me to, to share this bit of screen with her. So I was like, you know, maybe I built it up too much. But that's, yeah, I, I, I do know more and more that I'm on, when I'm on sets, the butterflies are less and less. It's still magical. It's still exciting. I still absolutely love it, but I'm not as nervous. nervous like yeah. when I did, um, I did a film called The Barbecue with Shane Jacobson. Um, they play it on Australia Day. Yeah. So next next Australia Day, Channel Seven, it'll be on. So yeah. I'm at the in the first ten minutes. Anyway, he has he has a barbecue. People get sick at it. Anyway, I think I've heard. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, he has one Aboriginal friend. <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, but um it was it was cool um something i've learned and I've, I've taken on board to other productions that i work on now is i walked on i got on the set and i'm going over my lines and it was a fair bit of dialogue um 
and anyway i'm going over it and stuff but i see shane he comes over and he has a yarn he's and he he knows my name but like because and he goes hey good john john like scar well he, he knew he knew my stage name but um well, my my first name but that that showed me that you you know that that was a lot that was very professional on yeah. his part and even when i met julia zamiro who plays his wife and she shared time with me as well so they both gave me some cool advice about the industry and acting and this world that i'm just about to walk into that i'm still yeah still in the, i'm still in the freshman yeah i'm I'm still a rookie so <laughs> it's like five years deep but i'm still like i'm a rook but all everything that i've done up to this point has trained me for something bigger that's gonna happen you know soon i, I absolutely know it like i have no doubt and doubt in my heart but yeah she was super cool too she's just like you know said my name come over and met me and uh, we had yarns and that was pretty cool but what i was going to talk about was so yeah i did the scene now that but the day before was hectic man we um where they where they placed me in the scene i was in the background all the time mm. until second day we shot a scene far out man melbourne every time i've been there it's always been cold <laughs> cold and raining cold and raining <laughs> this time it was hot hot <laughs> and like i'd never i was like what the fuck man i was like i was I gave shades blacker. Like, I don't know, if you watch that film and you look at me in the background and then then see see where the, my scene is when I'm sitting down, he comes past me and he's like, he says something like, um, uh, my, uh, something like my land is your land or something. It's something, it's a play on the whole, yeah. uh, you know, technically that's true. That's the line I get. Yeah. Us, so, yeah. It, it was Mikasa fun. Sukasa. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And it's like, it's saying like, oh, yeah, this is my land kind of thing, you know, yeah. small bit here, uh, which is funny. But, yeah, that was, I, every time I watch it now, I just go, fuck, because I went back to Sydney. Yeah, back to Perth? No, Sydney. Perth. I can't remember where I was living at the time. Anyway, I go back to the in the gym because I'd like to, you know, lift some weights. Fucking... It was five shades darker everywhere else, and there's this big singlet. <laughs> For months, man. For months. You had a tan, bruh. Yeah. So I watched that film, and I just go, it, that's funny. Too. That's the other thing that happens as an actor. You, you think about the day and just how your life was at that time, because it's just kind of like that kind of thing. It's kind yeah. of like, it's just a, any memory you see, it's just, it just that, that kind of And it's funny at what memories you keep. <laughs> like it could be something fucking stupid and you're like that's your that's your most fondest memory of the day yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, it was it was really it was a great enriching experience i loved it but yeah i still think of that sunburn the five <laughs> shades i'm already black but yeah i went fucking darker, so yeah funny well, going to that going to the black comedy you did yeah. a couple of skits on there yeah black comedy was a um i actually because i was working at i got into sydney and so I land and I'm not working. So, like, I've got no income. There's a bit of Centrelink or whatever, but I'm like, oh, fuck this. So, uh, I end up getting a job at Spotlight, being a storeman. Yep. Yeah. Cutting out all the, all the, all the um, <laughs> vertical materials for the old ladies. Oh, yeah. Oh, brother, <laughs> it, was, it was a good job. It was, they'd bring the, all the boxes and I'd, you know, take everything out and uh, go up this little shaft elevator, go put them in the back room. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, actually, one of my short films, Mavis. It's a chicken. I don't know if you've, if you've seen it, but um, this chicken finds out that this person she trust, trusts 
has been taking the eggs that are being laid and <laughs> cooking them. <laughs> so it's a chef. Um, but it, it's the whole scene is kind of like Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. The start. I l- absolutely love that scene, and I've seen it so many times. And I love the cat and mouse. So I made this film where this chicken and this chef. They're trying to figure each other out because the chef knows that Mavis has stopped laying eggs and Mavis knows that he's been doing something that he, he lied. <laughs> so it's, a, it's building to a confrontation. Then it ends in knives thrown and there's guns and <laughs> shit. Like, it's just hectic. Um, I'm actually going to shoot a sequel yeah. in the coming months. Uh, so watch that, Mavis, on the J Point channel. Um, but, yeah, the hands, when I got the puppet, because the chicken's a puppet. Yep. And I was like, how the, how the fuck am I going to make this work? Because like, <laughs> when the puppet, when you see it, it's got hands. Yeah. But then I, straight away I realized when I got it, I said, I, I can't film this. Like, because it's it's connected to the puppet. And I told one of the old ladies and there was material at Spotlight. Oh, you're, they, you're in the perfect spot. Yeah. And, all the, all and the, we <laughs> built these hands, brother. So it was it was awesome. And they were, they were really cool there. But anyway, uh, Spotlight, I did it for a while. But then I got my first job on Woolworths, the Woolworths ad, which ran for about three years, two or three years, yep. uh, me and a dog. Um, hey, we've got something in common. Well, my family and me were on a Woolworths commercials. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Deadly. Is it online? Should be. Send, yeah. me, send, send me the link. I don't know where it is, but I'll find it. I was the, I was the pet insurance. I was, they had me on there for a while, like yep. for two years or something, two or three years. Um, yeah, first big job. And then not long after that, I put in one of my comedy videos on my channel, sent it to Black Comedy, did a uh, call out. They said anyone who's doing comedy, every year they have a fresh writer's room. They have 17, 16 indigenous writers from across the country. If you've got a joke or whatever, if you're funny, send it in. If you get picked, then you go do this uh, thing then at Kuya, Kuji, Kuji Beach. Yep. And uh, yeah, got picked, went down. I wanted to show them my acting ability, but I went down and I found from writing uh they liked one of my sketches which is called the job uh j-a-w-b so yeah. we, we call job yeah the job <laughs> yeah you, i don't have to get the job to yeah well that <laughs> means the, having sex <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the setup for the setup for my joke was uh a scene dynamo on tv the lad looks like he's got the job in him he looks like satan's son you know, with his sickly... I, yeah. didn't, I didn't realise he had sickness when he was young. I'm sorry, Dynamo, if you're listening. I didn't understand, brother. I just thought you had evil in you. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I seen this and I thought, man, this would be hilarious to put a Dynamo-type character in a house with black fellas who are scared of magicians and magic, you know, an illusionist. Um, and that was the setup. It, the jokes pretty much wrote themselves. You know, things disappear. This yeah. guy's like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, by the end of it... Dynamo, the the job, the guy who's got this thing in him, he cooks up a fish. Blackfellow comes in, he's like, oh, bub, you cooked me a thing. And it's like, I didn't cook it, he cooked it. And then he looks down, the fish is screaming and it's possessed by it. <laughs> you got to see it, it's in, it's in season four. Yeah. Um, but from that, from writing, so I, I showed him my acting chops in the room for that week. So I got to be on some sketches. But the other thing that happened was when they shot that sketch, I was invited to go watch the filming of the sketch. And just seeing my words come to life in front of me yeah, was, amazing. was a whole different thing. 
Yeah. Like, and I, I, love, I love acting and I'll still continue acting because like, they're just two different things. Yeah. When you write something and like a script and you see that world come to life, yeah. oh, I was just like, so I went from writing a five-minute sketch for TV, the next thing I decided to write was a <laughs> feature film, Yeah. a 90-minute feature film. <laughs> It's just insanity. I'm not trained, and it's just like it's just all love and effort that's getting me to the finishing line. But I actually thought of a um, good skit for for black comedy today, mm-hmm. and it's I'm trying to. It's so hard for like me, 43 year old white man, to fucking to say, but and be and have a have, say a scene that would be good on black comedy, but. I just see my like, one thing I always notice is all the local Murrays and all the Torries, they all drive with their windows down. Yeah. Even in summer, it's like, fuck, wind your windows up, put your aircon on, fuck. I just like, what the fuck is always good? It's, and I, it's, I know it's a cultural thing. They want to yell out to their mates when they drive past them and shit. So I just think with um, like that Black Force, remember Black Force on there? Yeah. Black Force, Black, Black Force. <laughs> they just like pull up. And then, like, pull. There's follows driving, like Murray follow driving. He's like pulls him over, and he goes, "Um, boy, got your window up there, buddy. <laughs> You're not Aboriginal, are you? <laughs> <laughs> or something like that." And, yeah, no, yeah. I am. True God, I am. But your window was down. <laughs> your window was up. Your window was up. <laughs> something like that. Fun. And then, and then have a uh, get him to pull up a white follower, and he's like, "What are you doing? Your window's down." <laughs> Because straight away you're like, you know, that's not our culture, having that window up. Nah. You've got to have it down. <laughs> but the thing is, it's something like you don't recognise until I said it. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, that's true because yeah. I, I'm, a lot of the time I'm driving with my windows down. Mm. Hey, which way? Yeah, they're yelling out yeah. to all, all, the, all the mob. There. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. That's, but that's, and see, that's a great idea. And like... There'd be moments in the writer's room where we'd have something like, and they'd say it wouldn't translate. Yeah. So it, and I, I get it too, because black comedy is national. So you got to yeah, have jokes it, that, everybody, jokes but, that hit. Yeah. But there was a joke, because I was with Shawnee Chilbra. Mm. Uh, I know Shawnee for a long time from like rapping days and stuff. And he'd, he'd host events and stuff. Love, love Sean. Anyway, he has this joke. Auntie Karen told me, she said, oh, this Shawnee got this joke about green frogs. He told that job at the conservatorium. So I, he said, well, she said, oh, when you see him, you got to ask him about this. Anyway, in the writer's room, I said, Russ, what's this joke about this green frog? And he said, oh, Johnny Edwards, I've got this joke here about these green frogs and keep the people out of jail. And if they, they don't want to go to jail because <laughs> there's green frogs in the, in, the, in the cells. And I was like, I fucking love that, Russ. That's, that's sound, and because already it's yeah. like when he told me, I was like, that's hilarious. And it's visual. Yeah. Like you don't have to, it don't. It's not a stretch to get the joke. It's no. like, and they said it wouldn't work. Anyway, I filmed it myself. It's yeah. on. It's on my channel. Give my channel a big plugs. I reckon that would fucking work for sure, brother. Watch the joke. It's called the Frog Initiative. Yeah. And the setup, what Shawnee's setup was, a politician announces that they can keep crime down by a hundred, <laughs> like keep it down to zero percent, um, keep them out of prison, keep blackfellas out of prison, and everyone's like, "How are you gonna do that? We'll put green frogs in the, and." <laughs> Russ, and then I just ran with his idea, and I just filmed it. And it's it's not, it's very low budget, but when you watch it, you'll get the joke. And I just I was like, this could work. And they didn't get, they didn't think it would translate. 
because other areas would have their own animal or something they're yep. scared of, which I get. But the core of the joke, you'd get it. But I think green frogs are, are national. Well, if you could watch, if you're scared of snakes, and yeah. if you watched it, and if you watched how the joke's done, how I filmed it, yeah. you're like, oh, if you just put a snake in there instead of a, it, yeah. it could work. So, yeah. But um, that was from that experience. Yeah, from working on black comedy, it really propelled me to that next next area, which was writing. Because the other thing, when you go in audition rooms. There's a lot of stereotypical kind of roles. Mm. It's changing now, but for the longest time, it'd be just like black fella, maybe a black fella, drunk fella, or or an abuser, or or just painted in this bad light. Yeah. But now there's a shift in, and not only for mob. The other thing I like about Australian television, it's showing Australia's got a lot of layers. Mm. It's very multicultural, yeah, diverse. Yeah, and now we're seeing that more and more. So. Yeah, but I'd read for stuff and I'd be like, oh, man, you know, like I'd, I'd even audition and I'd go, the way this black fella's talking. <laughs> it's not a black fella. Yeah, <laughs> and I'd, have, I'd change it on the fly, because yeah. I'd be just like, uh, I, there's no way anyone, like, no one's saying this. Anyway, yeah, and I'd be in the room, I'd be like, who wrote this? And the one time I said it, it was, the, it was for a show that's just, it's been on recently. Um, I won't say which one, but I auditioned for it and um, I didn't get the role. But uh, I was Another like, fuck shit show then, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Not very memorable, no. No, it's. They. I haven't watched the show, so I wouldn't know. I was like, oh, well, fuck yes. Nah. It was called Australia. You <laughs> <laughs> great. No, took my role. No, he, um, yeah, I, I was like. This, I've got to read this another way. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Like, And there's a lot of read rooms who are like, yeah, we do it a bit more thing. because, And the other thing as a writer, like um, even when I'm writing for other people or for women or for someone else, I like to get feedback mm. on it because I'm like, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a black fella from Innisfail. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a Japanese prime minister from <laughs> Japan. You know, like if I'm writing that kind of thing. So I understand that. But anyway, I'm like, oh, who wrote this? And they're like, oh, Jeff wrote it. And he's just sitting in the room. Yeah. I was like, oh. His name wasn't Jeff, but I was just like, oh, fuck. And I was just like. And then because like everything, <laughs> you hear it a lot. It's all, they take it personally if you want to start oh, changing yeah. words around and stuff like that. But yeah. Like I hear a lot of on Rogan, he talks a lot about that stuff. And he said it's just the writer's rooms are just places where people steal each other's jokes to mm-hmm. climb the scale to fucking make more coin yeah pretty much yep yep and it, it, yeah if there's something there they can sell they'll they'll definitely scoop it up the good thing about i think with with the film i've written like this def the strongest parts are like a lot of the black scenes and because it's a comedy it's an action comedy but it's not a comedy film it's just in when i say comedy it's like innisfail comedy yeah it's not just the other just going back on like how you said before you're you know 43 year old white fella talking about making a thing for black comedy mm. i feel like well at least in our area and we're, we're bringing it a bit close here now but yeah we we all got that same sense of humor mm. we're all, we all talk that same lingo same it, same shit yeah <laughs> it all it, 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 it's all the same, you know. Yeah. Like we, there's some local words that 
aren't anywhere else in Australia. I know, brother. <laughs> I know, brother. I've been, I've been other places. Like, I've been WA, right? And I was talking to one black fella. And I was talking, talking, talking. And um, at the end of it, he asked, I can't remember what he said, but he, he pulled me up on something. He said, what's a, whatever it was, but it was an Innisfail thing. Innisfail <laughs> word. And, um, oh, yeah, no, no, I kept saying. Chair. I kept saying, I kept saying, we were talking, I was like, yeah, then Murray was like this, eh? And then, and he couldn't catch on because, yeah. you know, um, we we do a lot of that. Is it like third person? Yeah, third person we, talking. We, in, in us fail. <laughs> yeah. We do that. A lot of us do that. Mm. And um, everywhere else, they're just like, I could have been talking Chinese, bruh. <laughs> like, because he, he pulled me up on it. He didn't pull me up in a bad way. He just said, there was, there was things he didn't understand, yeah. didn't translate. So I was like, oh, well, I said, this film. I just I don't I couldn't give I couldn't give a sh- as long as it gets distribution, and the deal is, you know, as long as everything's all fair, because there's horror horror stories with yeah. that too distribution and you know like yeah. once you get more people involved in things and legalities and sh- you know <laughs> it's just taking all the cut oh, of the pie, brother. That's that's the other thing. I'm red tape city. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> I'm 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 trying to educate myself, but I know I've got connections who can put me with an entertainment lawyer and like so when that day comes i can yeah yeah but besides that regardless i just want to make a film that is like a reflection of my town yeah like i just want to i want to do that one film that's like the way they talk in there yeah yeah that's how you know (laughs) like that that kind of thing i just want you know depending on how things go i'll make more like Mm. i think we're very funny well, you have a look at um, Boy. Yeah. Boy, that... Yes. Uh, that That is like half them words there. If you don't have a Kiwi mate, you don't understand that either. Yeah. Like... <laughs> but then well, it's still... It's still... Um, an audience still can... Connect with it. Yeah, yeah. Connect with it or translate it in some way or mm. get an understanding. Shut up, big. Taika does a... He does a short film. I don't know if you know it. It's called Two Cars. I think it's called Two Cars. Two no. Cars, One Night. And it was a short film that he did. And it was these two kids. They're in op- opposite cars. And they're at, they're outside a pub. And there was moments when I was young where you'd be in the car. And you just start playing with the kid in the other car. Because you're yeah. outside of the pub. Or you're well, there's some kind of event, something. But I was like, man, that just hit me straight away. Yeah. Like, just took me back to that. Mm. And, um... That when you got filmmakers who aren't scared just to tell their story instead of just following a trend and going, okay, yeah. what's working and what's I'll just gonna, do that. Yeah, watch what all the people. Yeah. And the ones that really bang are the ones that step outside that. That's yeah. why I see that a lot. The ones that really hit, like, it's hard to explain different movies, but that movie Boy, The Castle is another one. Oh, I love The Castle. It just brings up every bloody... That's just that's Australia to a T. I know. It's just effortlessly just it's so good. It's so good. Um, but that's it. That's that's the filmmakers the, whoever wrote the story or you know the people who came together they're like this is something special and it's unique. Mm. You know, once you start you'll see it with films trends get started and then people will follow yeah. it and then they everyone copy. else will jump on yeah and it just gets kind of like oh okay. and remake it and remake it and remake it unless you can <laughs> if you can take something as a genre and then put enough of your flavor in it to make mm. it unique like a tarantino oh man i love tarantino mm. but yeah brother war beast it's called yeah the film. so we're working towards you know connecting with local people 
and because it's a micro budget film yeah um i started a gofund page uh got a little bit of support there uh got an uncle we started building some props some of the scenes we have to build stuff yeah so we just we've started doing some doing some things beside that there's a lot of other scenes that we don't need to do it um build sets you know like the, yep. the pub out at south johnson and um little houses i do have to find like a little a little house tucked in between some cane but there's plenty of those yeah um, yeah heaps of the barracks everywhere yeah hey. um, someone will let us go do a little bit of cane cutting yeah uh, what about banana cutting you can do some of that well i, I do want to do a scene because in vietnam there was banana farms mm. so i want to do an action scene in a banana paddock yep um, you can do it on mine if you want yeah yeah brother i wanted to do i wanted to shoot a horror film in a banana paddock once <laughs> i want to tell you about a, a story that happens it's like a myth that we were told when we were kids and you could turn this into a fucking story into a movie where you got to go out into the banana paddock at night and there's a you got to cut the sap out of the tree and if you get to hold on to the sap until daylight you get granted wishes but if you don't like this the devil the spirit from the tree actually chases oh, you. Man. spirit from the actual tree chases you and tries to kill you pretty much until daylight so you just got to do whatever you can to hold on to the sap from the tree that gave me chills man <laughs> it gave me chills let's do it well i because i <laughs> that that's that's pretty cool i, li- I like that well yeah. um, we'll get together and we'll talk more about Hey. If you want to put it to you want to if you want me to film it, Russ, if you got someone you know you want to star in it. I'll, I'll be, oh, but you got to be a kid, a kid probably to do it. Okay. I'll do it. No, I'll just be like, use fucking kids. You're all soft cocks, and then my head gets cut off or something. I'll be that person, brother. If you want to do it, because I, I um, because I've been connecting with, because my films, I, I need an armorer, so I've been talking to an armorer and a stunt guy and other people and makeup people in cans and building my team. Yep. Uh, anyway, I. There's a woman I know, and I pitched an idea to her. I said, look, I was thinking about this idea. We get a banana farm. Um, uh, because when I used to work with Kenny, uh, I can't remember whose farm it was. Anyway, Kenny was a foreman, uh, Patulo, and he told me this story where this guy, uh, they were out in the four-wheel drives, and he fucked it up or something. And Kenny just got up him, and he said, nah, lad, you walk. You walk back to the sheds, stupid <laughs> stupid backpacker he was just going off his head whatever and i said and that kind of stuck with me because i was like what if we did a film where the guy gets left out in the paddock something happens to him but then we never see him again <laughs> and then a year later gotta go find kenny <laughs> well then a year later you know you've got some some people go out to you know in the morning and then one by one they start getting taken out but <laughs> but your story sounds better mine's just like let's try it again <laughs> like it's just, you I'm, can mix them both i was just looking for a reason to you know because you need a setup and then because then we started talking about ideas you know the um uh, so we were talking about uh, killing some she wanted to kill someone like by shoving bananas inside them and like up their ass and like that crazy shit sort of me she wanted to do craziness but um i was like i don't know we'll, like <laughs> it's a good idea like don't get me wrong it's a good idea but um i don't know if i know anyone because we've got all like you know we're not flying people in that we're getting locals to do it <laughs> and it's like you try and get someone to be in a film where there's bananas getting pushed upside <laughs> they're not gonna 
there'll never be able to live it down. So I was like, we can try and ask people. I don't know if that's going to work. But uh, I think I think after we talked a bit more, she said, um, what if we make them, the guy makes them eat bananas until they die and get like thing. Yeah, she does some freaky stuff. So, yeah. you know, she just wanted to try and do the most horrific kind of crazy deaths going. Yeah. So, but yeah. Because she can actually make a spear out of a banana leaf. And you can throw it like a woomera. Yeah. Mm. And it'll, leave, it'll 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 go hundred meters. Brother. Hey. And like an arrow. We put that in. Hey. Yeah. The guy's running. And just oh, actually, it's on my um, Insta, so it should be on my Insta there somewhere. I've got where these I've got those Aboriginal followers working for me in the against the venues, and I've got uh, made a little competition so who could who could throw it further, and the Aboriginal follower flogged them. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah so, no well it, i'm i'm definitely open to you know you if you give it some thought and uh you know if you want to talk more and connect more we can definitely make it come to life bus yeah we'll make anything i just want to be in a movie just okay. one movie <laughs> so you're just like i'm in a fucking movie yeah well, that's a bucket list thing for me i reckon we we got a <laughs> we've got spot for you some like and just going back on war got beast. spot for your foot there <laughs> that's what i was gonna say about um um uh joe versus carol that so i do the scene right and um I'm, you see me when when joe walks in and i'm standing next to the the thing and then you hear my voice given the rights but then later on the verdict gets you know the verdict gets handed to the yeah to the jury and then you see the shot and it's like um it's like my arm and like a bit of my back of my head then it's on my arm i grab the thing and then you see my hand and i walk yep. over and then i give him the thing and then i walk away you don't even see anything i was like <laughs> oh yeah good arm acting there <laughs> that's a hundred thousand dollar arm there oh bro i did i did um young rock and um uh when i did young rock eh? and they because i went it flew me down i had lines and stuff but in the edit it got cut out and i was just and i'm just like oh man when it and I know it's like that. You just have to keep grinding and keep, yeah. keep auditioning, get the roles, and then, you know, get through that other side on the edit, you know. and then mm. just, Because it's it's pretty much like once they see your list of roles. Yeah, then you start getting put more and more, more yeah, edits and yeah. then you get more, then your roles act like, yeah. They ask, they ask the list. to, they'll, they'll reach out to my agent and be like, um, can Garth audition for this? We want to see what he what he's like in this. Like they, they're like, no, nah, fucking let John John audition, not Garth. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> no. That's well, that's it, man. It's 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 consistency and it's never giving up. That'll get you over the line. And that's with anything. That's with anything. This is I've, this even with this film, bruss. It's like War Beast. I've been. It was just at first it was like a sentence it was just an idea mm. I, I just wanted to have a tank and some black fellas fighting against a tank yeah now it's like a whole 90 minute script uh 90 page which each page equates to about a minute yep it's this lean script it's got jokes in there it's got some heartfelt moments but that's been two years getting to that point and now from here i i start looking for producer yep um because we We've got a we've got a few thousand dollars, but we need a little bit more than that. Yeah, you know? and uh, you know, I could make I could make this thing with nothing, but it's we we got to raise money. But not only that, getting a producer who is seasoned on board. 
Yeah. What's the most important? Ah, uh, the most expensive part of making a movie is the editing, the production, or the hiring oh, act. Man. Like hiring act as if it's a big movie. I'm guessing, but yeah, it, because you you could have some like you could do something awesome with thirty grand hmm. and have top notch actors. The depending on if it's effects heavy, if it's stunt heavy. That's where costs cost can rise. Your actors become, you know, if you've got high-end actors, it's going to cost you a bit of money. Uh, marketing, marketing by far is yeah. whatever you spend on the film. you got to spend that again. you got to spend that same amount. Like, so Spider-Man made $2 billion. Mm. It would have been close to, you know, fuck, I think it was a half. It would have been 800 you know, million that to make like to market and make that film. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's why when you hear about those losses, it's just like it's hectic. But yeah. marketing, that's the thing. Like, because you could we could make a like we could spend a weekend just shooting a improv feature film, and then put it up for streaming. You know, and no one person might see it. Yep. But if if word gets out, yeah, and then bang, like you think about Blair Witch Project. Yeah, that's the one thing. <laughs> Whenever you mention like low budget, that one there's most low budget ever, and it's probably the most highest it, it, grossing off a low budget. It's the highest grossing because it had they made a website, and people didn't know if it was real, so that intrigue made people go into the cinemas, yeah, to see if it was real and what yeah. happened. And then at the end there was a website link, and at that time you could go to it, and it was this weird website <laughs> with this kind of like factual information, and people were like. Back then, internet's like wouldn't yeah. lie to you. <laughs> so, so it's, films like that and Terminator, Term, Terminator's like I think they made it on four mil. It's not, it, but that's still low budget. Um, Halloween is less than a mil. Yep, that's a low, low film. But John Carpenter just killed it, man. Yeah, he he, he did the music and uh, uh, you know shot it, wrote it. His team's pretty tight. Yep. Um, they got it done. So like it's all about getting the right crew. Yeah. You're pretty much saying get a good good crew behind you and then you can cut a lot of costs out. Yeah. The most expensive, when you talk about expenses, the longer you have making it, the way it just balloons out. Yeah. turns into a thing. Just, just on, with this film, you remember Adrian? Um, diary? Yep. Yeah, Adrian yeah. Diary. Yeah, he used to go to school with us. Yeah. Yep. He, he's working on the... Uh, uh, we're working together to do the sound oh, for, nice. for War Beast. Yeah, it, it was just by chance we kind of we reconnected, and then we we're just talking. We just reconnected. We we're like, oh, it's been ages. And then he said, Yeah, I just did a score on a on a film. Mm. Which that film he did a score on. It's coming out very soon um, down in Melbourne. Yeah, so he's down there. But he also does he does a lot of work with um, uh, like with the mob up here like he does sound recordings and archiving and yeah it, it's something he's very passionate about and oh, nice yeah he, he deadly man and it's pretty crazy how like just dudes we know <laughs> have just gone these directions that you wouldn't have thought yeah. like in this file kids could have done <laughs> well that's it and that that's the other thing like environment shouldn't define who you are no it's it's if your ambition's big you'll go big mate I reckon that's where we should end it. That's where we end it. Because we're at, uh, what's that? 
trying to figure out an hour and 20 minutes. Okay, brother. Time flies when you have fun, eh? When you're having fun. We could have, there's a million <laughs> other things, but yeah. Oh, no there's problem. so many other questions I want to ask you, but yeah, I just, I think we could we could leave it for another time and we could nearly do a whole new, sh- another section. Absolutely. I, re- I really like this episode. I really liked having a chat with you. Deadly, brother. You too. So thank you for having me. So anyone wants to check you out, so yeah. Got- so I'm on the I'm on the Instagram J Point MC. Uh, I've got a channel J Point J P O I N T. Uh, you'll see a little clock face, a little angry clock face. Uh, one of my albums. It's called Eighty Six Four Hundred. Yep. Which is the name of my production company as well. Eighty Six Four Hundred. What do you think that means? How many times you've been here? How many hours you've been on this earth? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's close it's close every day uh we have 60 seconds in a minute yep a minute an hour you know 60 minutes you count that amount of time and you have eighty-six thousand four hundred seconds in that day that's 24 hours yep so the thinking is for me i don't want to waste any time every second is valuable so make sure you're doing something productive Make sure you're out there living life. Make sure you're giving your best. Positivity, all love, no negative. But utilize those seconds, you know, utilize them because they're valuable. We started Definitely. on that valuable. Um, they're very valuable. Nothing and more precious. Nothing more time. precious. So if there's someone you love and you haven't told them in a while, tell them you love them, give them a hug, let them know what you're doing. If there's a dream you want to capture, just go out there. And if someone tells you you can't do it, you just put your middle finger up, tell them get fucked, and you say, no, I'm going to do it. You can't tell me what to do. This is my time, and I'm going to get it done. Mate, that's inspiring. <laughs> Good to see you. John John Garth Edwards. J-Point. <laughs> J-Point. What song are we going to leave out with? I'll, I'll chuck one of your songs on. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be mad. Uh, what about Willing to Sacrifice? You know that one? All right. Were you on the Spotify or YouTube? Ah, uh, Spotify. Spotify. What's I can put whatever one you want one on there. No, no. Is there is there eighty six? Is eighty six four hundred on the Spotify? Um. Hey, I'm, hey, you, I'm, I should be asking you this question. <laughs> something. No, I had like I had some. CD, I was using CD Baby, and something happened. There was technical issues. Yeah, I know what, how them bastards. All they do is take your money. They don't do anything but take your money. And make money from things, you. Things got <laughs> shut down. I couldn't move things around. Um, yeah, brother, if, if you can find that or... Um, there's a song on the start of the 86 400 album. Uh, uh, what is it called? But yeah, Willing to Sacrifice is still one of my favourites. I love that song. All right. Um, there's a new song. It's on YouTube. I just bought out a clip about a month or two ago. Uh, that song's pretty mad too. It's a new song. It's called, I don't listen to it enough, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's called. Um, um, <laughs> it's called. Uh, yeah. Whatever it, I want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> it's called, you better find it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is it? Yeah, you kind of make songs and you, that's a whole other thing. You make songs and then you just kind of move on. Um, <laughs> that um, is cool, brother. Um, All right. We'll just keep fucking rolling. But um, yeah, so check what, them out. What, what have you got on the Spotify? Bring it up, J Point. What have you? What, what comes up? J Point. Here we go. Look straight on there. Look straight up, J Point. So 
Everybody got her tonight. Money waste. Get wrecked. The black Jason Statham. <laughs> actually, if you he actually does look like a black Jason Statham. <laughs> if, if you if you go on if you go onto the YouTube, um, if you can play something from there, it might be the best. Yeah, CD baby man, I'm trying to get away from you guys because you take my money and you aren't treating me and right. It ain't funny. I don't care what happens because you're a bunch of cunnies. If is any, if, can you recommend anything to me a streaming service, uh, music wise? I use emu bands, but I think they fuck me over just as much as everyone else. Yeah, well. There's no one good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's time to fuck off. Yeah. Here's a song from, from J-Point. <laughs> See you, Garth. Latest. <laughs> no one else. Everyone will be like, who the fuck you say? See who it is? It's like, Garth, 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 Bronx. And they're in the room. An Aboriginal built for subtle flashes of genius Multiple playing words, so wordplay is seamless Lyrical discharge, chism in the mechanism Floored architect lives for the perfect vision Make a million blueprints and change the angle Paper plane thrown, how far it go, I don't know Anticipation is the stress, unpredictable Science of the spitting is the curse of the written Hip-hop's embedded, ignite the mic like it's propane Flip a switch, blow flames, lyrical cocaine Insane, another batch from the live wire J-P-O-I-N Construct empires, but not the emperor More like a mannequin Conflict with oneself, live in a private hell With no vacancies, I'm up in this residence If this the White House, call me the president Keep blazing, roll with the drama Another chapter in the saga Move on, dedicate myself to lyrical wealth Push bounce to the limits with the mic like self And I'm here, just another hip hop head And I'm here, believe in the rhyming spirit And I'm here P-O-I-N-T, the Superfly Aboriginal, Dope MC Certified lyrical design, built for a tricky type Versatile rhyme, spit a blessed by a sacred mic Miracle, look to the matrix, chill with Teletram 19, high sipping basics, that's prime Optimal range for verbal exchange, I can't let go Because it flows through my veins, I'm engulfed Product built by environment, weather beaten stronghold paid by the government. Social status was unemployed, focused, null and void, overweight, lower class, trapped by a sullen noise, unseen barriers, defense mechanisms, natural response, conflict resolution. Make no illusions, life is a circus. Clowns occupy, look safe on the surface, but scratch back, and the truth is exposed. It sure looks ugly when the makeup's gone for real. Keep blazing, roll with the drama. Another chapter in the saga. Move on, dedicate myself to lyrical wealth. Push bounce to the limits with the mic like self. And I'm here, just another hip hop head. And I'm here, believes in the rhyming spirit. And I'm here, J P O Y N T, the Superfly Aboriginal, dope MC. A monstrosity, verbally sick with animosity. A notebook page that's blank could quite possibly be fatal. Whiffer the wind, a straight poison. How you have a pen in your hand and not. Rejoicing, the weapon of choices, giving voice to your intellect. Speech patterns burn, but I check out the dialect. Speak like a madman who makes no sense, or am I the one who will rep? Oh, yeah, you are now tuned in to another J Point production. My name is J Point, represent the Northern Orphans. Yes, yes, the North Ward. Big props to obese. Good looking out, son. Keep blazing, roll with the drama.
drama Another chapter in the saga Move on, dedicate myself to lyrical wealth Push bounds to the limits with the mic I excel And I'm here Lift another hip hop head And I'm here Believes in the rhyme he spit. And I'm here J-P-O-I-N-T The super fly aboriginal Dope MC